0: Thank you. Thank you for that. Good afternoon. How are you all doing? Okay. I'm a newbie into preaching. Um, But this is my third time. So I thank God for the opportunity. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. You guys look happy. You guys look joyful. I don't know what's the reason you are excited, but I'm excited that I'm serving today. You know, all glory to God. Um, before we start the message, I just want to give a shout out to the people who are celebrating their birthdays and their anniversaries this month. It's a good season. Come on. If you're celebrating your birthdays or anniversaries or both, why don't you stand so that we can pray for you, we can bless you. Come on, come on. Yes. Awesome. Awesome. Happy birthday and congratulations if you're celebrating their anniversary. Let's just stretch our hands towards them so we can pray a blessing over them. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for each and every person who's standing over here as they celebrate their birthdays, their anniversaries, anniversaries or both. We just pray a blessing over them, God, in everything that they do, Father God, that favor will be their portion, grace will be upon them, and even as they journey, Father God, that you will be their guide and you will be walking the journey with them. And in everything that they touch, they do, they they walk into, everything will be blessed. Help them to receive your favor. Help them to prosper, God. And even as we are going to start to, you know, listen to the message, we just pray, Holy Spirit, that you are welcome in this place and just move in this place, Father God. It's not, um, help us to listen to your heart. Help us to receive your perspective than the world's perspective, Father God. In your name we pray this prayer. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Have a great month as you celebrate. Show me your Bibles if you have brought Bibles with you today. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, the phones are the the Bibles. Yes. That's perfect. As long as you have an app inside, that's cool. There's a little bit of technical feedback and stuff, so just trying to figure it out. Um, Have you guys read the Bible from cover to cover? As anyone? I'm sure there's people who have read the Bible. I've, I've made a couple of attempts. <laughs> forget about the map, forget about the foreword and the index and stuff. Just the books in the Bible. Anyone? That's awesome. For, the, for those of you who have not, don't feel awkward yet. Because there's going to be a time in our lives where we're going to reach to one place, right, called heaven. I've always imagined or pictured how it's going to look. We're going to get off a nice fancy chariot and uh, there's going to be like horns blowing on different sides and uh, we're going to be, you know, walking down a long red carpet and this is my imagination, okay, and it also says in the Bible a few things, but we're going to reach this place called as Welcome Lounge, right? We're going to be hanging out with some familiar names, but not so familiar faces, What are they? Malachi, Zephaniah, and Hosea, Ruth, Timmy, Timothy, who else, who else? All, Obadiah, yes, all these guys are also going to be very excited to see us all, all right, and while we're worshipping, while we're dancing, they're going to pop this question, hey, by the way, how was my book? yeah. How was my book? Did you get, what? You wrote a book too? (laughs) It's going to get awkward. It's going to get awkward. But yeah, there was this little boy who went to a church with his grandma. He was about six years old. And little did he know that his first church experience was he landed into a funeral service. And uh, he was very little, so he was like, you know, everything's new to him. And then as he walks in, he sees this box in the, in the altar near the, in the front. And uh, so he's just waiting curiously to ask Grandma, what is this happening, what's happening over here? So as they settle down, he's like, Grandma, Grandma, what is this box? Why is this man inside this box? So the Grandma leans, you know, and tries to whisper to him, he's in a much better place. So this boy is like, okay, I'm thinking... And, you know, the kids, they have their thinking, ability to think beyond. So he's like, what kind of box was he in before? So we get all these kind of questions often from our kids as well. So so I, too, was living in a little box like this, not physically, but in my head. I was trying to look for a very comfortable place for me and my family. Trying to look for a comfort zone. You know, I preached a a little, I touched on this topic in my first sermon, I think. Like some of us, including me, all of us, you know, we try to put ourselves in a box that we are not aware of. You know, we restrict ourselves to certain things because that's how the flow is, because that's how the trend is. So it was very difficult it is it is just generally very difficult for anyone who's in the box to understand or think outside the box. You gotta like break through barriers and ask God for freedom to think outside the box. So I was living in a in a Have an answer to that. Is there something else I can help with? Oh. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> that was spontaneous. <laughs> Siri, Siri uh, doesn't know the answer yet. <laughs> cool. So, <laughs> I'm just in that stage in age and age in life where like, man, I want to really get like, you know, into a comfortable place so I can like, you know, look for like retirement. I'm not too old, but I'm just thinking, you know, as a man of the family or as a breadwinner of the family, you want to kind of like, you know, settle down and make sure that your family is happy comfortable and i want my future to be secure so i was zoning out because because the bible says that do not be anxious you know do not like you know think too much about your future because god holds it right so you're in that place where i can't be anxious but i need something so i was kind of like you know zoned out that's me that's me zoned out in my element okay here's what i found oh no this watch is <laughs> you know uh, you know in life we often you know realize that we're not doing is that we want to plan ahead for things of course we want to be very strategic we want to plan everything perfectly and then ask god to come and bless Right, I'm walking into this office You know just that morning When you're about to sign that document God I'm going for this Assignment You know God I'm gonna You know I'm going for my wedding Even you know some people I'm going for my wedding I want you to be there I want you to bless You know But God is waiting eagerly to understand What are you doing like, involve me from the beginning, right? In a Christian wedding, let's just talk about marriage. Like, everyone must have attended a Christian wedding. And the priest often uses these three you know, thing, units that come together you know, for a marriage or a wedding, right? It's the husband, the wife, and God the Holy Spirit. So we're all used to hearing that. So during that time, we all like nodded our heads. Christ is the center of my family. But then as you start walking into the journey, even as you expand, the Holy Spirit needs to be the center of our family. That means he's the elder of our family. For anything and everything, we need to ask the opinion of the Holy Spirit. Right? During the course, we kind of like forget Right? We're starting a sermon series, like it's up there, called Family this month, right? This month we're starting this new sermon series on the topic family and family matters. And today, I'm going to speak on this subject, His dwelling place, our family, is it God's dwelling place, Right? It's a very delicate, yet profound and important subject to deal with. Right? We all agreed to it when we got into the first stage of like trying to create our our marriage and our family. As we started, we wanted God to be there. That's why we approached and you know wanted to get married in a church. But then through the journey, like I said, we kind of like you know weaned away from God. And not taking his suggestions, his opinions, and, you know, just using God like God. Just come, bless. Do your magic, do your thing, and go. We don't involve him in our day-to-day aspects. Alright? So we're going to read from Psalms 127, verses 1 and 2, if it's visible. Unless the Lord builds the house, the builders labor in Vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand watch in vain. In vain we raise early and stay up late, toiling for the food to eat. For he grants sleep to those he loves. Those he loves is, are the people who are connected to him. Right? So we can do as much as we want. We could be a hard worker waking up at 5 a.m. in the morning and going to bed at 12 midnight. But if we don't involve him, if we don't have a relationship, it's all going to be in vain. All right? We get this, right? God is the one who builds a family. And God is in the center of a marriage you know when I looked at my wife Gloria before we got married you know the first time that we are kind of like having this feeling of you know, maybe this is the girl for you I had a checklist not just beauty <laughs> you know I had a checklist of the things that I really like look forward and one of the things that I really was very very like focused was to know her family because you can see a lot through her siblings her parents You know, her upbringing, everything reflects with each person that belongs to her family. You know, so, why did I say that? And I picked the perfect one. (laughs) It's it's a difficult topic, guys. So if you're looking left and right, like, how can I escape from this place? The doors are locked. (laughs) I'm just kidding. You know, when you become a Christian... There's one thing that Christ said is that as you become a Christian or an individual or as a follower of Christ, it's very important to understand the great commission that God has spoken. spoken. You know, we read this in Matthew chapter 28. It says that go and make disciples, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them. To observe all I have commanded. Behold, I am with you always till the very end. This is the great commission. When you become a Christian, we need to follow this. Right? But then, when you are trying to create a family, there's another verse which says that in Psalms 27, that one thing I ask of the Lord, to dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. You know, as we build a family it's very important to dwell in the house of the Lord, or you can make your house a dwelling place for Christ. Right? It's very essential to do that. Remember, because because of you, because of how you, you know, kind of like train your family or mold your family, you know, it just all depends on how the, the head of the family is, like the father and the mother. They need to really like mold the family in a way that the the children are also watching this. Alright? I want to quickly touch on this story of Paul and Silas. You know that Paul and Silas were put in jail. Because they were sharing the gospel. And some of the things that they were sharing was not going along with the Moses law. Which was followed during that time. It was very, very like, you know, prominently followed. But then... The point is that when Paul and Silas were in the jail and they were they were praising and worshiping and praying, you know the, the chains were broken. And the jailer comes to know and he kinda like you know overreacts. He takes his sword and he's trying to like go for it. And Paul says, like, bro, don't don't overreact. Okay, we are all here. All the jailers are here. No one is escaped. And then Paul shares the gospel to him. And this man, the jailer, he gets saved. He takes home Paul and Silas and they have a meal together. There's a verse that says, you know, in Acts chapter 16 that believe, Paul says to this man, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy household. He doesn't say that your household is saved. He says that believe thou shalt be saved and thy household because of him. You know, so when we, as adults, when we create that space for Christ, through us, our household is going to be saved. All right? Amen? Amen. Yes. I'm gonna go into my first point. How do we do this? How do we get into creating a family that is Christ-centered? All right? First point is acknowledge God. The question I want to ask for yourself, for your, ask yourself for your family is, what is the space that I have created? What is the space that you have created for God in your family? Think about it for a second. You know, what do I do? Some people, they have a chair. Okay, we're talking about some physical stuff now. There's a chair, there's a corner, there's a carpet. You know, they feel that it's good. Like I feel very comfortable. That's my like prayer zone. I know that God is seated over there. They just recognize, you know, God in that place. Because some people like to physically, you know, assume or like physically look at things. It's good. As long as you don't have idols and idol worshiping. But you try to create that space for God in your physical, you know, place. When I'm driving sometimes, that's most of my, you know, prayer time and stuff. So when I'm driving, sometimes I'm like, you know, imagine that God is sitting on the passenger seat. So I have conversations where like, God, you want to move the seat a little behind? Is the AC cool? Is the AC okay for you? Are you comfortable? And then I start to have conversations. So everyone has a different approach, different way of doing things. But ask yourself this question, what room have I created for God within my house? Within my household, within my family, it's very important to recollect and, you know, keep analyzing this quite often. All right. Has anyone seen this before? Can anyone relate or recollect? What is this called? A pager. How does this pager work? Everyone knows what's a pager, right? Do I have to explain? No. Everyone knows. You know, in those days, this was the first device that was, you know, made apart from your landline, you know, phones, which was very difficult to get uh, a connection in your house. But then this new device called Pager, everyone was super excited, you know, like when my dad had it for the first time, you know, I was like, don't keep it in your pocket, just put it here. I want you to show off your Pager, but this is how it works, right? When you want to page someone, you got to call this call center and then you give them the note. It's like you're calling them to say like hey I want to my message should be happy birthday Zach like how you put it on the cake so you tell them message they take it down and then they type the text then they send it to this person and if the other person wants to respond he cannot respond he needs to shut his mouth he needs to close because if he needs to do that he needs to go into another landline phone and then call the call center and then give them the message but if the other person doesn't have a pager, that's how it was. The other person doesn't have a pager, you cannot send a message. You need to close your mouth. You know, most of the times we don't realize that we, our prayers are becoming, I want this, I want that, I want a job, I want a promotion, I want a financial breakthrough, I want everything. And then before he answers, we clap the call. Or you don't give him that space to reply back. You with me? You guys are looking low. (laughs) Yeah. When I I started talking about Pedro, I was like, how old is this guy? He's talking about Pedro and (laughs) stuff. So most times our communication with God is like one way, right? I want a child. I want a financial breakthrough. Jesus, help me. And before he answers... You know, God is like on the other side. Like, Do you hear me? I'm answering you. Do you hear me? I'm talking to you. And we're not there to listen. We keep moving on. You know, if we want to allow Christ into our life and into our family, we need to create a dwelling place for him. We need to acknowledge his presence. We need to take his inputs as an elder of the family, as an elder of our marriage. And we need to constantly keep in touch with him and give him all that You know, for example, like, you know, if you're running a business and he's the chief of your house, chief of your house, C-O-H, right? We need to show our financial statements to him. We need to show our marketing strategies. Whatever we are doing, we need to show to this CFO if you're working in a company. Similarly, if you consider him as an elder of your house, we need to go in prayer as a family and show him, God, you know it. I don't have to show physical stuff. You know it. I just want to submit that to you. I want to honor you. I want to welcome you into every aspect of my family. Right? And he will feel loved. Because sometimes we are stuck thinking, what do I pray? And then we go and like hear messages here. And then slowly our prayer is becoming more than shooting messages God I want this I want and then we go to like thank you Jesus for my wife thank you Jesus for my car thank you for my house what else can you pray how do you what do you know you know people who are praying for hours how do they pray there's so many things that you can speak your family aspects especially bring everything to him acknowledge him are you with me I was in that place and then I'm trying to see what other things can I include because your prayer becomes very short because you don't have things to talk to him bring everything to him, acknowledge him you know um, our pastors and preachers are becoming like flight attendants you know flight attendants No one is listening to the flight attendants these days. They're making memes and reels. (laughs) As you board the flight, you know, they, they go on and on. Like people like, no, 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 it's okay. I know it, right? But when the turbulence hits, we don't know what to do. We reach to the front pouch and we end up holding the puking bag. You don't know left and right. And like we're, guys, please, I will respect you. Can you one time explain to me how this works? What is this thing? What is this thing? Only when we are in that element of struggle, right, we look up to God, right? So sometimes, you know, the the way we treat God is like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know, I know, I know. And we nodded our heads to the priest when we first got to come together. When the priest said like, one, two, three people make a family, then we nodded our heads. After that, we became very silent. Christ is the center of your family. When the turbulence hits, who should we seek? The head of our house. The head of our house, which is Christ and God. Right? You can put your trust in him because, you know the song? He won't fail. Have you heard that song we sing? The lyrics goes like this. Christ is my firm foundation. You guys know the song? We have done this a couple of times. Oh, you guys are just like doing the lip syncing. (laughs) Christ is my firm foundation. The rock on which I stand. When everything around me is shaken I've never been more glad Cause I put my faith in Jesus He's never let me down He's faithful through generations So why would he fail now? He won't Christ is our firm foundation. Guys, come on. When we sing a lyric, we need to declare that. We can't just like lip sync and just sing just because everyone is doing it. We need to declare it, right? He's our firm foundation. He's not only God during the best times, even through the challenges, right? I've seen in my eyes that, or I've experienced myself that, when in the good times, when in the brighter days, we're all like happy, We are so glad to worship God. But during the difficult times, it's the most challenging part, right? The day goes so slow, and it is very difficult to worship. It's very difficult to lose track. The lowest times to the point where, like, when you lose someone that you love, not because you lost a little bit of money in business, When you have challenges in your marriage, when your kids are throwing a big tantrum or they're not going in the line the way that you want them to go, that's the most challenging times. It's difficult to seek God. But if He's the elder of your house, you can still go to Him and take His advice. Amen. Amen. The second point is, fill up the space. We all live in UAE. And we all get like a month holidays. At least 15 days we could take off, leave your house and go for a holiday. Whether it's your hometown or holiday, staycation, whatever it is. You know, when we come back, the, the one main challenge that we all have is bad fragrance in the house, insects, cockroaches, all of these things trying to get in that space. UAE is still like, you know, a safe place. Imagine you are living in another country and you're taking a a couple of months off. People go on like a world tour and stuff. You come back home, you are maybe even like attracting a few other things if you're staying outside in a villa, you know, maybe a a little bit of a few other bigger reptiles, (laughs) broken window, (laughs) you know, illicit. Activities may be like, you know, happening inside your homes. You never know what you're welcoming, you know, in. It's not a weak point, but sometimes the point that I'm trying to, you know, bring here is that sometimes when we go back, we find ourselves in an empty space. Everything is going good, but inside we're still feeling empty, you know. But God is constantly saying that, hey, I want to hang with you I want to hang with you that's what he said to this man over here you guys recognize him up the tree Zacchaeus I want to hang with you I want to hang with you can you take me home with you I want to minister to you I want to pray I want to speak a blessing for your family I want to bless your day as you step out of your house. I want to hang with you. Right, boy, I want to minister to you. I want to give you a prophetic word for you and through you to someone. When we fill up our space with Jesus, He's going to use us. Because, you know, I was living in that box where I was selfish, I was looking at only my comfort. But when we are created and we are sent into this world, there is an assignment for us as an individual. There's an assignment for us as a family. We need to pay attention to what he wants from us. Fill up our space with God and godly things. And then we have our ears given to God to speak to us. We need to lean in, lean to him to hear what he wants to do because we can just keep going in and out through our day and then it becomes a week, becomes a month it becomes a year and we all like you know. Oh, little do we know that we're already towards the end of the year and this is going to keep happening but if you pay attention you will understand it's very easy to say like oh I'm trying to find out the, his plans and purposes for us, how do we do that? we need to pay attention are we giving our ear to him to say to to hear what he wants us to do he says to Zacchaeus Zacchaeus I want to hang with you I'm coming to your house I want to eat your home cooked food Michael I want to eat your home cooked food you know that's what Jesus said to Zacchaeus give me some space give me some space buddy You know, we need to fill our space with worship in the house. You know, I constantly try to, you know, or my wife, we we take turns to keep the worship music on at home. You know, it's, it's very important to have worship in your house. There are so many elements that we are not aware of that is coming against, you know, working against the will of the Father. When we come together in marriage, when we come together as a family, when we pray or we don't pray, whatever it is, the enemy doesn't like the will of the Father to be accomplished. That's it. He's not like building another kingdom to take you in there and all of these things. His intention is to stop the will of the Father. So he's trying in different ways to approach. He gets very, very creative. I remember my mom, um, my late mom, you know, she used to, she, is, she was a prayer warrior and me and my brothers, we used to really don't like coming back home with her because like, you know, we come back home, there's people waiting outside to get prayed and we're like, man, our TV time is gone. In those days we had a small house, TV time is gone, our snacks is not coming on time or maybe our early dinner is not coming on time but she does you know make time for all of this but her prayer life was totally different you know she takes once a month to just fast and pray for the family not for outside people that she does through the month but one day in a month she takes separately to pray for the family so she goes inside the kids room we are all out And she goes on her knees and prays for the family. She invites one after the other for a half an hour with her. She blesses, she prays, she cries and God make your will come to pass through this child of mine. Bless him. She took that time off. Maybe our parents are also, they did that or they're doing it. Because of which we are able to stand today or even be alive there's someone who prayed for us right we need to pass that on to our next generation right if you're not married if you're still single over here these are the things that you need to consider when you're bringing your family together when you put your family together these are the things that you need to aspire because it's gonna make a drastic change within your family amen amen because of her prayers I'm alive today because of our prayers. There's so many accidents that I could have been through which God protected because of our parents, because of people who prayed for us. So we need to pass it on to the next generation. Amen. Cultivate prayers in your homes. Worship God and pray in front of your kids. Don't give excuses for church and prayer. And worship because everything is being watched your words spoken everything is being watched we have two young kids, so you guys know us you know so we are very careful in what words we speak and I'm sure you guys are all too right amen so the third point I want to bring is sway with God. I like this part you know pastor uh, Joseph. Benedict Joseph, Ben Joseph, right? He, he, gave a, he spoke to us a, few, a couple of weeks ago. He spoke on, the, Mark, on the, the gospel of Mark. And he said this one point like, Jesus was constantly on the move. He was not sitting idle. He was constantly on a mission to accomplish the will of the Father. If we are committing our life to Christ, and if we are saying that, God, I'm with you, be with me, we are going to be on the move. He's not going to let us sit down. If you receive him really well, we are going to be on fire for him. Right? That's where he will take us. He will build us into that. For some people, it just happens that one day they receive Christ and they're on fire. For some of them, it's like a journey. When you reach that element of you are in sync with God, you will be on fire for God. Everyone wishes to sway with God. It's going to take a lot if we are going to keep up with His pace. Sway with Him. You know, when when we are ready to sway with Him, things are about to shift. I, I, I love, you know, Bishop T.D. Jakes, his messages. You know, he says that when you put one foot on the weighing scale, EO likes it, her, him too. You know, when you put one foot on the weighing scale and try to read the number, you're cheating yourself, right? But if, so that's, if you're trying to determine your life, just looking at your past, you're actually not doing the right count because he's got amazing plans for us. He holds our future, he's got great plans for us. So we need to give that space for him or allow him to prepare you to where he wants to, you know, take you in. It's a journey. So if you're swaying with him, you're up for a challenge. All right. Remember, remember this weighing scale, don't put one foot up. That's what my little one does. You know, he puts all his toys and everything on the thing and tries to weigh, he's just more excited with the number that goes up. Hey, changes. Okay, cool. He keeps inviting me. But I do not go there. Yeah, So understand that every family, every family is dysfunctional. Everyone and every family is a work in progress. How do birds build a nest? Through broken branches, right? So it's very important for us to understand that there's no perfect being except Jesus, except God and his son Jesus. So we are all a work in progress. So we need to consider that, you know, that I'm not perfect. But it's very important to make progress. If you're just staying over there, in that place, no progress, that means you're good as sinking. So when we decide to sway with God and keep that connection going, we are going to keep stepping up we will never see us in the same place or in the same spot when we decide to sway with Him. Right? Deciding to sway with Him is just saying, God, I'm here today. What are we doing? What do you have for me today? Who am I speaking to? Or what is my mission today? As good as talking on a daily basis or even hourly basis or even by minutes, just having casual conversations with him it becomes a very easy thing to sway with him very i'm very uncomfortable to say this but we need security as well we need security and he will be our security very difficult to put him in that you know uncomfortable security role but like man we need protection we need protection from the works of the enemy Right? In Psalms 121, we all know this verse, he says that he that watches over Israel, he that watches over Israel will neither sleep nor slumber. He's gonna be our God. Right? We live in a counterculture. We grew up, you know, you know, hearing this from our folks, from our parents that why don't you come out of the room why don't you get like social why don't you like you know speak to people and things now it's like cut out the social activities that you're doing cut out the social media everything is like counter these days you know like oh what what do you think like you guys asked me to come out of the room you wanted me to get more social and now you're like yo you you know don't do be too social you know like just stay at home you know so we (laughs) we're living in a counterculture Times where the road is here, we're, driving to, we're trying to drive on a bumpy you know, space. God is trying to lay us a road which is broad, wide, and smooth. But we choose to go on a narrow path. Well, you can say that, okay, narrow is the gate to heaven, all of that. But I'm saying like God prepares a very smooth place for us. It's quite easy to go. As long as you have the map and there's an instructor, right? God. But if you don't have the map, you're going to end up taking all the other short routes, trying to think by yourself. It's difficult. But he's got a perfect route where he knows there's no traffic. But we try to use our own self to figure out. Are we, are we good on time? <gasps> Whoa. Okay. You know, I, You know, I just want to close with a with something that I want us to take home is that when Christ ascended from the time that he ascended into heaven there's something that he's left for us to do as an individual and as a body of Christ as well as as a family we need to understand that that's why when I started I started off with this thing called as a box you know box theory let's say box theory that we need to break out from the normal normal things and try to look out for what he's God for us. It's very important. You know, in the Bible it says in Ephesians chapter 2, Do I have that verse? Yeah, it's a bit short, so I'll just read out quickly, or I'll just give you a, a description of what it says. It's that we are no longer foreigners or strangers, we are fellow citizens of God, right? And it says that we are like brick for building his temple, right? And the apostles and the prophets are the foundation or the walls to this temple. And God is the cornerstone. We need to understand this. It's very important that we are, every brick that we lay is us. He's setting us all on a mission. This is for a bigger mission, which is building his temple. And we are all bricks. All the apostles and the prophets are the foundation or the wall to this temple and Christ will be the cornerstone. This is his desire for every one of us. And we need to understand that we are not working individually. My family is not going to be a separate entity. All of these families put together, it's going to become a community. A few of the communities come together, it's going to become a city. Right? So we need to know that the city and the community is a prototype of a family. So where does it start? From the family. We need to do that really well. And we need to keep asking God that, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? Am I able to contribute into the community as a family? Serving guys, serving is a big contribution. You're serving for the community as a family. It's such a great joy when the whole family is serving in the house. It's very important. And that becomes a community and that becomes a city. And God's desire to build this temple will come together, will come to pass, right? You know, when God showed Abraham, he took him to the backyard uh, and showed the stars. He never just showed only Isaac and a few other people. He showed you and I. He said to Abraham that I will make you a great nation. The nation includes all of us. All of us. We are there part of that journey of Abraham. We are part of the journey of what God did through his life. Right? Maybe Abraham only saw Isaac. He said like, hey, hey, my son is there. But God's perspective, he sees the generation. Amen? You know when Noah... Why Noah was saved? Because, because of him. Because of him, his household was also saved. I'm not going into that verse, but you guys know the story of Noah, right? When God chose Noah, he said that because you are righteous, your family will also go into the boat with you. Because of you. It's, don't, don't mix it with because you are saved, your family will be saved. They will eventually be saved. But because of you, because the space that you create in yourself, in your house, God is going to come. Because the jailer got saved, Paul and Silas were able to go and speak to the family and the whole household was saved. They believed in God. Because of Noah, his family was saved. You might be thinking that, oh my God, I want to enjoy the world. Maybe my spouse can be that one person. No, it should be you. God wants to enter that space through you. Amen. Amen. Let's all believe that. We be the change. Michael Jackson has that song, right? Starting with the man in the mirror. We be that change. Let's come out of the box and start to think, what does God want from me, of me? And we will have a great relationship with Him. First point is acknowledge Him, fill up the space, and decide to sway with Him. Amen? Let's close our eyes. God, thank you that you are doing great and mighty things in this place, in this house, and even in our families, God. We might be broken, but God, that we are willing to surrender. you because you can change things you can shift things around father god for our good for the mission that you have for us we pray god even as we surrender ourselves as individuals as families come and have your way god come and move through us holy spirit that we'll be able to experience and hear your voice in our journey every day father god every single day of our lives we just bless each and every one of them who's come for this service that they will have an amazing week, that they will have encounters, they will be able to hear your voice, Father God, as they take their step into the week. Bless each and every one in your name. We pray this prayer. Amen.